This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. Nebraska isn't waiting for the axe to fall on housing affordability. State lawmakers are debating legislation that will allow upzoning of single-family neighborhoods. It's called the Missing Middle Housing Act to address future housing issues before they become a problem. City Lab described the effort as a way to win the battle before the war begins. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. You might not think Nebraska is at risk of a housing crunch, but the cost of housing is rising in the cities of Omaha and Lincoln. According to the City Lab article, prices for single-family homes have gone up 6% year-over-year in those cities. Since 2012, they're up 41% in Lincoln and 34% in Omaha. Median home prices are still below $200,000, but lawmakers are worried that prices could soon skyrocket. Home prices are rising in some of the smaller towns as well. The Missing Middle Housing Act was introduced by Nebraska State Senator Matt Hansen on January 8th. It's a bill that will allow the upzoning of single-family neighborhoods in cities with more than 5,000 residents. Upzoning would allow more housing density in the form of duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, cottage clusters, and townhomes on property that's zoned for single-family homes. Hansen told CityLab, We're growing all across the state at a rate where we're having trouble keeping up with the number of housing units needed. The bill hasn't passed yet, but if it does, the Cornhusker state could become the second in the nation to adopt a statewide law on zoning. Oregon was the first. Virginia and California have attempted to get an upzoning law passed, and lawmakers in Maryland and Washington are also considering it. There hasn't been much opposition to the idea in Nebraska, but it's generally a hot-button issue. The single-family home has become part of the ideal American lifestyle. It's central to the American dream of homeownership, a single-family home with many single-family home neighbors. The concept goes way back in time as a way to control who or what is allowed in various neighborhoods. As reported by Curbed, single-family zoning began in the early 20th century as a way to keep things like factories out of nice areas. Later, the undesirable elements could have been skyscrapers or car washes. It's also been used to allow for a mix of housing types, but more often as a way to exclude them and allow only single-family homes and the kind of homeowners that can afford them. Historians say that single-family zoning was used as a segregation tool after the Supreme Court banned racial zoning in 1917. Jenny Schuetz, who's a Brookings Institute expert on urban economics and housing policy, told Curb that the single-family home was put on a pedestal. She says the mantra became single-family neighborhoods should only have single-family detached homes. The nation has become entrenched with this concept, and talk of upzoning is shaking things up. According to a New York Times analysis, many American cities have made it illegal to build anything other than single-family homes on 75% of residential land. It's 75% in Los Angeles and 77% in Portland. That percentage rises in Seattle to 81%, in Arlington, Texas to 89%, and in San Jose, California, 94%. At the other end of the spectrum is New York City, where only 15% of the residential land is zoned for single families. Washington, D.C. is also lower than many cities at 36%. Minneapolis is back up in the higher realm at 70%, and it's the first city to end single-family zoning citywide. It will now allow duplexes and triplexes in every neighborhood. 
The Times article says that homeowners are worried the new law will reduce property values and bulldoze their neighborhoods. Critics don't believe it will help create more affordable housing because that's not how the market works. Curb cites an argument by Christopher Herbert from the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies. He says that as long as there's a demand for housing, developers will build, but they'll also factor in the cost of the land, the cost to build the home, and what the market's willing to pay. All that points to housing that sells for a higher price. Plus, he says, quote, As soon as you tell me I can put two units on a parcel of land, it's going to affect the price, since it becomes more valuable, unquote. Curbed also cites a study published by Urban Affairs Review about upzoning policies in Chicago. It found that over five years, the new policy had not increased the number of homes. What it did do was raise the value of the land. That's not what elected officials are hoping for. They want to increase supply so there's less competition for housing with lower home prices and rents. Curbed author Diana Budd postulates at the end of her article that we may need to debate the idea that housing should be considered a right and not a commodity. She cites affordable housing advocate Carol Fife, who says, we shouldn't be able to commodify air, water, or housing. Now that's a bold statement for a society that's based on capitalism. Some economists say the big issue is the growing income gap that makes housing unaffordable for so many low-income people. Pew Research says the wealth gap has more than doubled in the U.S. from 1989 to 2016. It says that in 1989, the richest 5% had 114 times the wealth than people one level up from the poorest. But in 2016, that number was more than double at 248. The Pew Report also says that the highest earning 20% of families made more than half of all U.S. income in 2018. Investors and landlords often become the scapegoat for the housing crisis, but it shouldn't be that way. Housing is needed on all fronts, whether it's single-family rentals, duplexes, triplexes, or ADUs. There are also more affordable markets across the country for people who want to rent or to buy. You can read more about the upzoning issue by following links in the blog for this podcast at newsforinvestors.com. If you're interested in finding out about affordable housing markets where there's high demand for rentals, you can check out our website at newsforinvestors.com. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. 